And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast, episode uh, 212, I believe. Episode 212 of the show you forgot you're subscribed to. If you didn't know, this is a premier podcast for the website. Cpluscomedy.com, like I just said, it's a website. Go there Friday, early Friday evening. That's what what I was trying to say. I didn't know. I stopped halfway through. Because I had to, uh, I got busy doing uh, some stuff (laughs) that, quite frankly, took it out of me. It was, it's a very uh, uneventful thing. It's just, um, yeah. Anyway, here we are. We got a lot to talk about. I got no stories about my personal life. <laughs> Not much going on. Uh, I discovered last night that <clears throat> I was going to bed and, like, right before I was going to bed, and Nova, my cat, <laughs> she, I have the, I bought this collar for her. Like, the first couple of weeks I had her. And I put it around her as when she was a lot, a little bit skinnier. Uh, she's probably like a pound or two overweight right now, but a pound and a half overweight. And I'm going to turn myself up a little bit because I cannot hear myself whatsoever. That's one of the reasons <laughs> why I'm so tired. Or part of the reason. I'm tired. Anyway. And she, I pull, I pull, I see on her collar, there, in the collar, obviously she's grown in weight. And since I got her, and, uh, she, so she's got a little thicker on neck. And... Now, this is all my, my bad, and I, I completely blame myself. But I, 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 I look at the collar last night for whatever reason. I look at the collar, and I see red around it. And I go, or red around the front. And I go, what, what's going on? What's that happened? So I, I pull up on it, and it's, there's just a gaping bald spot right here. And it's, uh, and it's got, like, one open, like, wound or something. And I go, oh, my gosh. And I pull off the collar. This has obviously been happening for a little bit, and and there's on the front there's just there's just like blood, and then on the on the sides like you can see on her neck there's a ring around the neck where the fur was where the fur yeah fur was basically because a lot of it's gone Not only in the front and then on the sides it's and the sides in the in the back it's it's leaving that area but anyway. So it's not completely bald all the way around, just in that one big spot. And I was, I was like, oh, my gosh. So I already have some skin stuff for her for another spot she had. And I put it on her. And uh, now I just, like, I've been worried about her all day. And uh, I, I put her cone on her. She has a like a, a cone that's not a cone. It's like it's more like an airline pillow you put around her neck. And somehow that managed to get around her stomach when I came home today. And <laughs> she was just sitting there uh, content with it. But I, I, I continue to spray the skin stuff on her, and hopefully it'll get healed soon. She does not have a collar right now, but when she's better, I have found a collar at my local pet store when I went to go buy her food about an hour ago, and uh, we are ready to, uh, to get that. But, you know, maybe, hopefully this is, hopefully it'll, it'll grow back in a, like in a couple of weeks or so. It's just, it was very sad to see that, and I've been thinking about it all day. All right, let's move on. You might hear Family Guy in the background because I did turn on Family Guy. I was watching some Olympic stuff for the you know forty minutes I've been here, but uh, I decided to turn on Family Guy, and that's not a story. <laughs> that's nothing. That's nothing for you. That is nothing for you. Okay, let's get into it. God, I hope it rains tonight so I can have <laughs> just a peaceful night's sleep. I just want to go to bed. I just want to go to bed and not wake up. <laughs> I'm so tired. 
All right, this first story. You know what? Hold on. I want to switch some. I want to switch some stuff around because I kind of want. Yeah, screw it. Who cares? No, I listen to the show anyway. <laughs> this first story is about South Park and Viacom CBS's commitment to it. Now, I want to preface the story with earlier this year or late last year. One of those doesn't really matter. Uh, Viacom CBS after they after Viacom and CBS merged back into one company they started doing some reshuffling around and they and they basically said that they won't that uh, MTV is going to become you know in trying to do like old MTV stuff you know, mostly reality stuff and then Comedy Central is going to turn into the adult animated cartoon network so they're going to get the new Beavis and Butthead as opposed to that going to MTV where it began they're gonna get comedy sisters get a new beavis and butthead south park is obviously the mainstay uh the i think the daria spinoff is going over there i don't know uh i because i i can only i can only imagine that everything that viacom cbs does animate is going to be over there now uh so this is a this is a very big story and very important story in, the, in terms of the animated adult comedy uh, cartoon space yeah, animated adult comedy space. I don't know why I said cartoon space. So this comes from The Hollywood Reporter, written by Ryan Parker and Alex Weprin. South Park creators Trey Parker and Matt Stone signed $900 million Viacom CBS deal. 14 movies planned for Paramount+. Plus. Now, I got this. I got the email. I got, I'm on Comedy Central's press, press kit. And I got, there, I got this email, and I thought, oh, this has to be a misprint. 14, I just want to address I don't care about the money. I want to address the, the movies first. It said 14 movies, one four, which is a giant number for this thing. So now the show was renewed until season 30. 2022, we'll see the launch of 20, the 25th season. And the deal's worth 900 million. Okay, so, and, they're, and so they're going to be doing two South Park movies every year. Uh, now, before we address that, South Park used to do, if you remember, if like you're an earlier fan, they used to do seasons and halves. So one half was seven episodes was in the spring, and another seven episodes were in the fall, winter time, uh, fall time, fall time, because it was never winter. Uh, so they they used to do fourteen, and now they just do ten episodes. Obviously, they couldn't do anything for the pandemic, so they did the uh, they did two one hour specials, the pandemic special and the voter special. Um, I think it was voting special. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> They're not particularly memorable. So that print, the pandemic special, I believe, is on HBO Max. One of them is not. One of them is not on HBO Max because uh, I had to record it on YouTube TV, I believe. But uh, this movie thing makes me think. It, as soon as I saw the movie thing, I went, okay, 14 is too much. That don't, I don't think it's going to be, in order to be a movie, it has to be over like 63 minutes. Uh, and I think one of the shortest movies of all time is the Winnie the Pooh movie from 2012, I think. Let me see. Winnie the Pooh, uh, 2011. I saw that movie. I rented it on, I want to say Netflix, Netflix DVD. Uh, it is, let me see. It is on Disney Plus if you want to watch the movie. As I recall, I liked it. It's a children's cartoon. It's it's for children. Sixty three minutes, exactly sixty three minutes. That's the that's the minimum you can have to release a movie in theaters, and that's with credits. It's sixty three minutes with credits, credits. So let me see the South Park. So they have the South Park vaccination special. You see there with uh, Kyle if you're watching the video. 
And it's it's 46 minutes long. And that was a special that aired on Comedy Central. And then if, if we go deeper into... So then they have also the pandemic special, which was also a 47 minute special that aired. So that's part of season 24, whereas the vaccination special is not, uh, which I don't I don't understand why that's not. But I think that these 14 movies, they're obviously doing two a year. I think that they're just going to be specials. I don't know why they're calling them films, because the only movie they've had was in 1998 with uh, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. And that also may not be the time <laughs> I bought that. I bought that movie on DVD. When I was too young to be watching South Park and I still have the DVD and uh, I do think about that movie periodically because uh, in fact, I was thinking about it last night because uh, I was listening to the Steven Universe, the movie soundtrack. I was listening to a bunch of soundtracks, but Steven Universe, the movie, Steven Universe, the movie soundtrack. And I just think that, you know, there a lot of times when movies, when TV shows turn into movies, it feel they feel like elongated episodes of the show. But I think, uh, I feel like I've talked about this before. Or I've had this conversation with myself a thousand times. Which is basically the show. And the, you know, there are movies that do it really well. I think the Simpsons movie is, and this is just, I know because I'm, I'm a huge Simpsons fan. Uh, I do think the Simpsons movie did a really good job with making it its own one-off thing. Especially with Plopper and they barely talk. They they talk, They mentioned Plopper. Plopper the pig is in the Simpsons season uh, 21 after the movie uh, maybe th- like twice and then and then he pops up maybe three more times throughout the rest of the show so far uh, and it's, it just sucks I don't give don't let them have a new I like continuity <laughs> that's the last thing that's the, that's the only thing I care about uh, when it comes to continuing the Simpsons everything else I'm fine with because uh, I'm not a, I'm not a jerk and I think the Brady Bunch movies uh, did a pretty good job. Uh, and then Steven Universe, the movie, obviously. I think uh, the uh, regular show movie. Uh, I, I think, uh, truly, it's these Cartoon Network and, and even Nickelodeon, uh, the first SpongeBob movie. Uh, I, they they all do. And I, you know what? I want to see the Loud House movie, too. I don't even watch the Loud House. I do. I, that's, I, I take naps to it. That's how I watch the, the new cartoons that come out today is I, I take naps on like a Saturday afternoon after I, like I've, I've worked out and grocery shopped and done all this stuff, you know, preparing for the evening when I hang out with my friends, <laughs> I rolled my eyes. And so, uh, anyway, the South, all I say is South Park movie did. Really, uh, I, I think it, it stood, stood well on its own and it had continuity into the show. So Chris McCarthy, who's the entertainment chief of Viacom CBS, uh, you know, talks about franchising and this and that. And these special, I, I mean, I just, you know, getting to them to season 30 is obviously a great move. Uh, it's just like, it's just like uh, with Fox, with the Simpsons and Family Guy. You, you're, those shows are better on, you know, better being on. They make money for the network being on as opposed to them, you know, canceling them and then trying to, you can't, you, no one wants to syndicate you know, three seasons of The Simpsons or four seasons of Family Guy. That's why, that's why it's easier just to keep them on and keep them going because also it's continued and dedicated viewers. You know, The Simpsons and Family Guy have those the same the same metrics. You know, the t- same two three million people that watch it every Sunday or within that three day time period. Uh, although I don't think broadcast networks really, or I don't think networks care about the same plus three day anymore. They they've been forced not to. Now, speaking of networks, we're going on to the next story. This comes from Jennifer Moss over at The Wrap. 
Discovery hits 18 million paid streaming subscribers. Now, I also saw a story, and I don't have it down here because this it doesn't really matter. But uh, last week, I think I mentioned uh, Paramount Plus, Viacom. Back to going back to Viacom, CBS. uh, But Paramount Plus and Showtime, they now it is official have a combined 36 million or 38 million. Ah, Dang it, I should have. Ah, God, I should have written this down. Showtime subscribers. Also, I spelled subscribers wildly wrong. Like, wildly wrong. So they, Viacom CBS touted 30 million global subscribers in February of this year. Paramount Plus and Showtime were 36 million. So I think they're at 38 million now. Let's say, sorry, excuse me. August 2021. Uh, let's see for more. Oh God, no one. It's 42 million. It's 42 million for August of this year. It's very interesting. But going back to Discovery, they're at 18 million. That is up from I saw the thing. Uh, that is up from 13 million in Q1 and 15 million. As of uh, April 28th. So that, those are all great numbers, uh, especially for something as, I'm going to go ahead and say it, niche as, uh, oh, the package was delivered right outside my front door. Uh, it's, it's, these, uh, it's these supplements I ordered about two, a week and a half ago. <laughs> been, been low. That's why I'm so low on energy. Uh, but this is such, this is such a, a, an unexpected, I would say unexpected in, 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 in my view, uh, thing for Discovery because it is a very niche operation uh, in that, and obviously, I mean, Discovery is, I think, uh, you know, besides NBC Universal and Viacom CBS, I think Discovery is single-handedly one of the more bigger, more uh, uh, prosperity-driven <laughs> cable cable, provi- uh, cable providers. Cable, uh, cable package, whatever the uh, networks, cable networks. <laughs> Discovery is uh, they have the, you know, and they and they have they have a good amount of viewers, and they obvi- they obviously had this move and and played their hand, and it just works in their favor for making this app, uh, and and now they have eighteen million subscribers, and now and then they also have some. Uh, pretty pretty interesting shows and specials that are coming out on that app i it's 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 just in, and now and now that they have uh, uh, uh warner media's hbo max and hbo they're gonna have which have now 47 million i mean in the end next year this time next year summer next year they're gonna say Hey, we have. Uh, I'll round it up: fifty and twenty. We're gonna. We're, we have seventy million subscribers. I mean, I, it's gonna be bigger than that. But you know, we have eighty million subscribers. Seventy to eighty million subscribers. We're the largest streaming, you know, company in the world. You know, second largest streaming company in the world, and uh, or third largest after Disney Plus. And it's like these. This, this is gonna. You know, combining is gonna bolster them, and that's why the FCC really needs to look into this stuff. Into this merger stuff, um, FCC. <laughs> Can I say FCC? Uh, anyway, <laughs> FCC. I was, I did, I, I did an interview, well, a pre-interview for, um, for a media company, and 
I was I was talking about my last job and, and it, it did involve some SEC FCC stuff, and uh, and I've you know <laughs> anyway. God, I hope I get I hope I get <laughs> one of the seven jobs I interviewed for in the past month. I'm optimistic. Now this comes from this next one comes from Deadline, written by I had to click the thing before it even loads up. Dade Hayes. NBCU's Fandango. I, I know I just said I clicked the thing before it loads up. Uh, <laughs> I understand what I said. I'm tired. NBCU's Fandango combines Voodoo, Fandango Now, into single streaming outlet that will be Roku's official movie and TV store. So Walmart sold off... Pop-ups are the worst. <sighs> Walmart sold, sold off uh, Voodoo. No, no, no. No, excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walmart sold off Voodoo. Yeah, I'm correct. Walmart sold Voodoo. Voodoo, uh, if you remember, you call it correctly, uh, it was Walmart's way of getting into the streaming uh, platform. I believe Walmart bought it in 2011. That's what it says. 2011 for $100 million. And they tried to basically uh, fight Amazon. Amazon, you can rent movies. And, uh, and buy DVDs, but most important, more importantly, rent movies. Uh, for Walmart's Voodoo, when it owned it from these past 10 years, it was a way for them to rent movies and sell TV shows and sell movies. But also, it had this really, there's this really killer feature that I tried to use, and it only works on certain movies, and it's only movies. Where you, it's called disc to digital. And if you own a DVD, all you have to do is scan the URL on the back URL, <laughs> the barcode on the back. Scan the barcode on the back of the DVD, and if they had a digital copy, well, if the studio allowed you to do it, and then if they had a digital copy of the movie, then you got that digital copy on your Voodoo service. Uh, and I always thought that was so cool. And I remember trying it with a couple of movies and. Not a lot of studios are part of it, but some big studios are. It's kind of like movies anywhere. Not a lot of studios are part. I mean, five of the big studios are a part of it, but uh, the other a lot aren't. Like Paramount, I wish I wish Paramount would join, and, uh, and some other ones, because there's there are some digital movies that I own on uh, like on Apple, iTunes. There is on Vudu, on uh, on some other disparate services. They're all connected to 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 movies anywhere, but they're not. You can't watch those movies outside of those services that I bought them on. Anyway, we're lucky. We're lucky to be alive. <laughs> Who cares? We're lucky to be alive. If I have to open up another app to watch a movie, I oh, a, a movie from the this, this clouds. I got a movie from the clouds. So Walmart owned Voodoo for ten years. Ten years, and they and they decided to step out. Like they weren't, and and, that, and now with Voodoo over the past couple of years, Walmart introduced the ability to watch free stuff. You know, the the same free stuff you see on Tubi or on Crackle or on IMDb TV now. Uh, you know, Sonic X and a bunch of movies starring uh, black people that should never have been made. Uh, <laughs> it's all movies like uh, uh, Cooking Out with the Joneses. <laughs> I wish I never married him. <laughs> it's funny because I can definitely see the the covers to the movies in my head. It's just maybe I should just make a movie. 
So the service is available in more than 75 million U.S. households with connected TV devices, a recent NPD group estimate said. But now this new Voodoo is, is, uh, was sold to Fandango, uh, which, which is owned by NBC Universal. And then NBC Universal said Voodoo's a bigger name, kill off Fandango. Fandango also had a, its own streaming uh, platform. And they said, like, hey, let's merge uh, Fandango and, uh, and, and, and Voodoo, and we'll just call everything under the, the Voodoo name. Um, and it works. Also, this is also a very important thing. Roku, you could you could rent movies and watch things via Roku, but like on Roku, like Roku had its own store where you can rent movies and stuff. But now it's become Voodoo is becoming Roku's official storefront, which is a blessing. It is a blessing. There's no curse here. Uh, I think that's a, a, a killer move for them uh, because. It's it takes off the pain of having to run a storefront. If you've never had the like, if you go to Squarespace or something, and uh, and and you try to and like you you like you're like hey I want to do a blog and then uh, you're paying you know sixteen dollars per month to do a blog and then you want to turn that into a business and you want to sell stuff. Well, Squarespace is in every other internet uh, website. <laughs> every website provider is going to charge you because it costs money to get people's credit cards and use them and transactions and all that stuff to use their credit cards. But, uh, I mean, this is, this is going to alleviate the pain on, off of Roku's back end, and they're going to be able to just focus on what's important, and that is providing channels and the best you know, possible uh, TV app-like experience out there. So you can transfer your account if you have Fandango now, which I did, uh, and I think I only used it because there was a free movie at some point. And uh, Voodoo was one of the first apps, the first TV apps to offer uh, 4K streaming and, and Dolby Atmos and Dolby, Dolby Vision. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's funny because there are Discovery Plus. There are a lot of streaming apps out there now that don't even offer that stuff. Apple TV launched with it. Um, uh, or you have to pay extra for it. Netflix, Netflix, you have to pay extra for it. Apple TV, Disney Plus, they both launched with it. Hulu, you have to dig around for 4K stuff. Uh, I don't think HBO Max launched with it, but don't quote me on that. But this is a, this is a this is a, a beautiful thing to see. I can I see it happening. Um, this next one comes from the Verge. This one actually happened last Friday. I remember setting this up. Written by Ashley Carmen, the hosts of The Nod ditch Spotify to relaunch their original show. Uh, this is a story that's been going back for, that's been dating back for a little bit now. Uh, the hosts of The Nod have always had an issue with how their uh, podcast has been handled. Re- now, more recently, they've uh, separated from Gimlet Media and Spotify. They were a Spotify-only podcast and are instead taking their work to SiriusXM Stitcher. Interesting. Brady Luce and Eric Eddings tell The Verge today that they're relaunching their black culture show for colored nerds this fall, which they created, hosted, and produced prior to working at Gimlet. The podcast will be available widely and is an exclusive one platform, which is interesting because uh, there are some SiriusXM shows uh, that are available only on SiriusXM, 
uh, they tr- I guess they treat them like radio shows, but I've I've listened to a couple and uh, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> and then for Stitcher they also have Stitcher Premium, which you can always listen to Stitcher uh, on Stitcher, you know, platform, or you get the unofficial RSS feeds, which uh, is probably the the way to go. Stitcher is going to produce the show. SiriusXM Media is going to sell ads for it. So this show. They basically killed off for colored nerds in 2017 when they started the nod. Um, they, I remember back last year. Last year they spoke out. Yeah, it's in the article. Last year uh, they spoke about frustration about Gimlet's control over the nod's feed and IP. But, uh, basically, when you sign up for a show now, when you when you used to start a show, you know, uh, never not funny. <laughs> I'm wearing the shirt right now. Uh, whenever, like when you know when Jimmy and Matt started the show you know, way back uh, when podcasting wasn't even a thing, they, they, they basically retained the copy. They have the rights to that. But now that you're starting a show and you want to make money off of it and you want to work with these big companies, you start, if I start a show at Earwolf, they own the show. I'd have to bring, like if I, if I brought the constitutionals, then it's mine. But if I started a new show over there, it's theirs because they, they, they own that IP, they own that property. I can't do anything else. It's like when Conan left, or when Conan was forced, when it was forced to leave NBC, he could he had to sign a, a contract where he couldn't do he couldn't be on TV for six months. And then when he started a new show on TBS, it was Conan, the same format, same exact thing, but it wasn't the Tonight Show, it wasn't late night. So Eddings and Loose pitched, hosted, and produced the show. There, uh, this the nod. And felt like they owned it, but they never did. They didn't have the right. They, oh yeah, they also didn't have rights to merchandising, and they uh, they had to do the ads that the company sold. And we also had that problem with uh, Joe Button, if you remember that uh, from a, a couple of months ago. Even though he's insane, but it's the the ringer and now and now they're you know that's why people are you know podcast unions and stuff like this the ringer and gimlet unions strive to reach an agreement on ip but weren't able to secure anything in their final contract with spotify in a chat with i think the only person who made out like a band like there's two people who made out you know really well on these deals uh that are known to the public is uh alex gibney i think who started gimlet and then uh bill simmons from the ringer <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> I don't know how much Bill Simmons made. I mean, you know, maybe maybe he made maybe he made a killing off of this deal. And they're smart. They're smart people. Like, like truly. Like that's why they started the Ranger and, and Gimlet. But uh obviously they're two different companies. <laughs> but I but now man, we're at a point where you know, going back to Conan. Conan is only doing a podcast for now until the HBO Max show starts next year at some point. And everybody's doing a podcast. And every, you know, Obama and uh, the Springsteen. <laughs> They're doing a podcast. I think that was a Gimlet production. Dax Shepard moved over, moved over to uh, Spotify only. Uh, so did Joe Rogan. It's when something becomes popular and it becomes a business, then it just gets diluted with this this stuff and it's just not fun anymore and now podcasting that's what it is it's becoming a business and i'm just uh yeah next up this comes from variety 
written by Brian Steinberg, Lorne Michaels to Saturday Night Live cast veterans, colon, stay a little longer, parentheses, exclusive, all caps. So this past year of, I'm going to quote an SNL sketch, <laughs> a sketch that I, I thought I thought about last week uh, when I was making uh, dinner, and I kept I kept thinking of like how funny it was, and I watched it again, and I uh, laughed just as hard as I did when I first saw it. Uh, that, all that I say is a very funny sketch. Um, it's the unprecedented sketch <laughs> with on uh, during Bill Burr's episode. They're 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 all on um, on a porch doing a socially distanced cookout, and he he and his wife go. It's unprecedented. Kate McKinnon. It's un, it's unprecedented. And they go they're like, you mean it's unprecedented? No, it's like it's unprecedented. Like, you know, without without president. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, that's a good, that's good. Okay, but anyway, this this past year of SNL was unprecedented. And there were rumors that there are a lot of people who who have their own. So in the past, I, you, you basically couldn't do SNL and work on something else at the same time. You had to do that, whatever you're doing on the hiatus weeks or the off weeks or whatever. Uh, but now, in the like in the past year or two, you see Pete Davidson missing a whole, like, a month or two straight of SNL episodes because he's down here in Atlanta shooting Suicide Squad or shooting something else. Uh, A.D. Bryant missed, you know, several weeks. Cecily Strong, for Shrill, on Hulu. Uh, Cecily Strong missed several weeks for Schmigadoon. And Keenan, uh, Keenan Thompson and Chris Redd both missed a couple of weeks here and there because of Keenan on NBC. Uh, and I've seen all of these shows and I have not seen Suicide Squad yet they come out today and uh, I'll probably watch it next week uh, my super my anti-superhero bias is now just gone I don't care anymore I'll watch Loki I'll watch uh, WandaVision and uh, uh, Superman and the Winter Soldier what the what's Falcon <laughs> it's all the same thing I'll watch it all who, who gives a crap anymore my morals are gone and and so and and so now, like they've missed all of these episodes, but the but the cast was so big, and I think like so good uh, that that uh, it really didn't matter. And but now a lot of those people that I just named Cecily and uh, even Kate McKinnon, uh, Ad Bryant, and Keenan, they have especially Keenan, they have their contracts are are essentially up. They've been they've been doing they've been on the show for uh, six seven. Uh, uh, 15 years and and typically that's when you know people leave uh, but I think he was about for 17 because I because I remember thinking I he should make it an even 20 then leave um, but now Lauren my and so and so basically they you know there's there's chatter around them leaving nobody knows a real answer uh, and now is the time now is around the time when those contracts are finalized uh, also I mean, I know it's August 6th, but the show starts in October. We haven't heard of anybody getting fired. Like, like none of the, the uh, featured players are fired, like Andrew Dismukes or uh, Lauren or Punky. Um, so I think that's a really, that's a really good sign uh, for them. Um, but now Lauren Michaels is basically, it's said that he's saying don't. He's saying, please don't, you know, just, you know. Also, why would you leave... During a time, you know, why would you leave after a pandemic? I like if I left SNL, if I was on SNL for seven seasons, uh, I'd want I'd want to leave with a with a you know with with not a pandemic crowd. Obviously, their their crowd was 
you know, they had masks on and they were full during those last couple episodes. But I want to leave when I get a chance to to have of 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 uh, a very like an episode like a like an episode of like with a bunch of people. A bunch of people watching. <laughs> SNL is about to enter its 47th season. I haven't even gotten to the article yet. It's about to enter its 47th season. But Michaels hopes to get some of the cast members to agree to stay through the 50th. The 50th. It's crazy. And that's going to start. And the 50th starts in 2024. So he's saying just stay on for a couple more years. And I, I mean, that's. I, I know. I look. Look, and this might be, you know, the the guy who who doesn't have uh, a full time job right now, uh, and the guy who loves the show, uh, not knowing how hard and how difficult it is, but hearing how hard and how difficult it is. But the thing is, I would stay. <laughs> you you get paid a really handsome salary. Uh, now they're a little more. Lauren is a little more lax on you going off and doing something during the season. I would, I would just, I would stay. I truth be told, I would just stay. Uh, it's a good paycheck. You're in front of the camera, and if if something comes your way that that you, you know, this is that you want to do, then then you, maybe maybe you'll have a chance to do it. Um, and you see something, you see contract just not disputes, but you see contract talk like this a lot uh, with. The D, I want to I want to go back to the DC superhero shows. Um, Melissa Benoit is you know she's done with Supergirl. Uh, uh, Stephen Amell's done with Arrow, and basically they left those shows and they didn't want to do anymore because, I mean obviously I mean it's it's a they want to do something else. And Melissa Benoit has been open about wanting to do something else. Same thing for Grant Gustin on the Flash. Let's not pretend he's not he's he's not ready to go. Uh, I'll tell you the I'll tell you what those writers are writing. <laughs> get them out of here. I'll let me write all twenty four next episodes next season. I'll get you something good. You give me some good villains. I'll and I will get you better. I'll get you a better season of Flash. Um, and and you know they're up in Vancouver, and most I'd say a good number of them live in Los Angeles. I'd probably say a majority of them live in Los Angeles, and they're up in Vancouver shooting these shows for weeks to months on end uh but man i'll tell you what <laughs> there are some there's some starving actors writers directors producers uh crew people there are some people that will take those jobs in a heartbeat uh you know i get that you're working that hard and that long but you remember those times when you when you weren't working that hard and that long <laughs> You know, and Melissa was able to do that show with uh, 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 old dude from uh, 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 God Friday Night Lights, Riggins. What's his real name? I I don't care. He played. It was also John Carter on Mars. God, that movie was boring. Okay. Uh, so they talk about how SNL d- demonstrated elasticity. Blah blah blah. SNL is the most watched, uh, has most watched entertainment program on TV among its viewers. Blah blah blah. Average ad costs, all that stuff. McKinnon, how she said she's it's early and she doesn't know whether she's gonna stay or not. Whatever. Basically, I just covered the entire thing uh, off the top of my head. I mean, so it's interesting. I, I don't know. It's um, it's interesting. I always say that. The, 
I mean, if again, if I was if I were the and I'm going to try to separate and distance myself from from the situation from my current situation of not you know currently being in industry, uh, I would just I would just take I would just take the job and stay. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, you see what? Yeah, you had to work from home and you had to shoot an episode from home and and yeah, you have to stay up on Tuesdays and Mondays and it's stressful and stuff, but. I don't know. <laughs> you're you're successful. You've already earned your you've already earned your way there. So anyway, and uh, last but not least, this also came out last week, and I just wanted to uh, mention it cursory glance. This is from the Wall Street Journal, written by Julie Jargon. Let it go? Question mark. Disney princess culture isn't toxic. Study finds something's happening on Family Guy. Somebody's singing. I hope I don't get a content strike. You know this show on YouTube, this show, my show, The Constitutionals, gets a content strike. I think because of the theme song. Which, whatever. I don't. I don't put ads. I don't put ads in. I refuse to do that. Uh, even if I. Even if this is like. Even if this had you know, twenty thousand listeners, I wouldn't do that. No ads. It's a free show. I just. I just find that frustrating. YouTube has become frustrating, but it's the only place. And it, it will be. There's no other place will ever come out to do that. For years, scholars have suggested that the classic Disney trope, the damsel in distress, can damage girls' sense of self-worth and also negatively shape boys' uh, boys's, boys's views of goyles and of their own masculinity. And turns out that that is wrong. Disney has, for years been making its princesses tougher and more self-reliant, but not more diversified. A recent study shows that even kids immersed in classic Disney films such as Sleeping Beauty and The Beauty and the Beast managed to develop what researchers say are healthier views about gender roles. The study adds weight to the argument that, like video games that young children play, the content they spend hours watching on TVs and iPads might not have a profound impact on their development that parents fear. The author of, uh, is Brigham Young University Human Development Professor Sarah Coyne, one of the researchers whose earlier work helped fuel cautionary headlines. Hmm, interesting. It's it's always it's always interesting. It's always fun when uh, when, you, when you see a scientist kind of basically walk back what they say with the with a subsequent study. Dr. Coyne found that kids who were really into princesses at around age five were more likely by age 10 to hold progressive views about gender roles and to reject the idea that boys should stifle their emotions. You know, at some point, uh, can't we just say that these are cartoon films (laughs) that don't do anything? (laughs) Anyway, I thought thought that was a very interesting, uh, very good analysis and good article, uh, a feature piece in, in regards to you know the typical the typical thing of what we see. Um, I I remember on uh, the show I'm Sorry, Andrea Savage. There was a whole episode about her daughter. Uh, to you know how she or or maybe there's just a quip about how she doesn't show her daughter Disney stuff, or maybe she's on a podcast. I don't know or princess stuff. Uh, and it, you know it's just we're we're in a different time. As long as you teach your kids, you know what's right and what's wrong, they're not going to believe what's on television or movies. Anyway, I don't want to go. I don't want to get too far into this because I am tired. Like I said before, listen, if you like what you heard here, head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where you can see me talk to your favorite comedians. 
Also head to the uh, head to the URL youtube.com slash C plus comedy where you can see a video version of the show as well as the premiere show for C plus uh, for C, yeah, C plus comedy. It's called News Time. It's a weekly news show. This week's episode is about last week's story, uh, last week's marquee story on the Constitutionalist podcast, uh, which was um, Scarlett Johansson uh, suing Disney uh, and Marvel. And again, I, I continue to agree with her. I, she is my moral enemy. I continue to, to agree with her. Uh, in regards to, to 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 this whole situation, it's a it's an episode I had to cobble together, but man, oh man, it's good. I think so, at least. Not that some details, but that's per huge over here on C Plus Comedy. Twitter, Instagram at C Plus Comedy, Facebook at C Plus Comedy, Twitter, Instagram at Chad Black White. Uh, rate, review, subscribe to the show tell your friends about it Uh, thank you so much for listening I appreciate you goodbye